Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. The recently released draft regulations to carry out the California Consumer Protection Act are designed in part to clarify some ambiguities in the law. But do they achieve that goal? Analyzing that issue is privacy attorney Sadia Mirza of the law firm Troutman Sanders. Welcome, Sadia, to the ISNG discussion. Hi, Suparna. Thank you for having me. So, Sadia, CCPA is going to get implemented in about three months. But in my interaction with you before, you said that, you know, companies are finding it tough to figure out what certain provisions require, like what constitutes sale of data is something that is not very clear. So recently, the Attorney General has come out with, with proposed regulations clarifying some of the ambiguities. What is the situation now? Is it more clear for companies or, or what are you hearing? So I think, you know, last week, the California AG, they did, he did release a draft of the regulations implementing the CCPA and is now accepting comments um, either through mail, email, or at the four public hearings that are going to be held in early December. So based on the CCPA, the regulations, they were supposed to be drafted to assist in establishing procedures to facilitate consumers' rights under the CCPA and really provide guidance for businesses on how to comply. And Barna, as you mentioned, you know, over the last year, many businesses have been struggling to comply with the CCPA and I think a lot of us, a lot of organizations and businesses, were generally hoping that the regulations would ease some of the burden or at least clarify how businesses can comply. I think that while, you know, while it's clear that the AG took into consideration some of the issues that were raised at the initial public forums um, held earlier this year, I don't think that the draft regulations necessarily provide the, the clarity or the relief that businesses um, were looking for. It seems like rather than clarifying how businesses can comply, the draft regulations really, it really did stack on more requirements to the CCPA, some of which I think can arguably be read to conflict with what the CCPA requires. So, you know, I think one of the things you mentioned was what constitutes a sale of data. And so, again, you know, the CCPA defines that as basically any disclosure of personal information in exchange for monetary or valuable consideration. And so why this definition is so important under the CCPA is because it triggers certain obligations. Um, for example, if you're going to be, if a business is selling personal information, then they have to give consumers the ability under certain circumstances to opt out of that sale. And so businesses were really tr struggling to understand, well, what, is, what does a sale actually mean? What is valuable consideration? And, you know, those things that I think businesses were hoping for clarity on, I don't think that, I think generally they're probably going to be disappointed by the draft regulations. But again, you know, and that's not to say that the AG didn't take into consideration some of the issues raised. It, you know, I could tell just because, you know, I, I attended one of those hearings, and some of the things that were raised at the hearing I attended were addressed in the draft regulations. But, um, Overall, I think businesses will probably be somewhat disappointed by the draft regs. And, you know, luckily there is a comment period, which is so, so important. And, you know, we're strongly encouraging all businesses, industries, anyone really impacted by the CCPA to review the draft regulations and submit their comments to help, you know, to help everyone understand why the, some of the draft regulations just aren't practical or make sense for businesses who are seeking to comply. Okay, so you said that, you know, some of the draft regulations will be tough for the businesses to comply with. Can you give an example, a couple of examples to elaborate on this? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the, you know, the draft regulations were just released on Friday, on I think October 10th, and so everyone is still in the process of digesting it. It's a 24-page document, and, you know, 
it, everyone's going through with a fine tooth comb to understand what it requires. But there are a couple of things that jumped out to me. One of the things that I noticed was there's these new explicit consent requirements for changes to a just-in-time notice. And what I mean by the just-in-time notice is the notice that is required under the CCPA under Section 1798-100B, which basically says that a business needs to provide notice to a consumer about, the, the I think, the categories of information they're collecting and the purpose that they're using it for. And the notice has to be provided before or at the point of collection. Um, and so it seems like the draft regulations, as we're in, it seems to suggest that, you know, if you're providing that notice, in the event you decide to change your privacy practices and you want to use the, the information in a manner not described in the notice you had originally given, you have to obtain the consumer's explicit consent to do that. And I think, you know, I think that's a huge, a huge compliance obstacle that businesses are going to have to figure out how to deal with just because it seems like, I think the practical effect of what's going to happen is that businesses are going to start drafting really broad privacy notice, these really broad um, just-in-time notices, just to avoid having to obtain express consent in, in the event that they want to change their practices in the future. And I think that's a problem for several reasons. One, mainly because it really, I think in my opinion, it defeats the purpose of the CCPA, which was to provide California consumers with meaningful information about how their information is being used. And so if organizations can just, you know, draft these really broad notices to circumvent some of, you know, the obligations that may be triggered later on, I think they're going to do that to ease some of their own compliance burden. And also just because they may not know how are they supposed to go obtain that consent. And so here, that's just one example of the things that I noticed. Something else that also popped out to me were draft rights seems to require more detailed privacy policy requirements. The CCPA itself had several things that a privacy policy needed to include, but the draft regulations also, I think it said it required like, you know, your, what your verification procedures may be if a consumer wants to have an agent um, or an authorized agent submit a request on their behalf. The privacy policy needs to describe how that can happen as well. And I think the issue, the issue I have with this is really that I think the more details that need to be included in privacy policy, I think the harder it's going to be for consumers to understand. It's really this concept of notice fatigue. And I think that's what's going to start happening is when you have these very detailed privacy policy requirements, consumers just aren't going to be able to get through it. I mean, I think I would I would guess that a lot of the privacy policies that are online already that don't meet these requirements are already very difficult for consumers to understand. And I think having this detailed privacy policy requirement probably makes it, probably conflicts with the CCPA or the draft rights requirement that these privacy policies be in a format that makes it, uh, that makes the policy readable. And so those are just like two examples of the things that I noted. There's, you know, tons of other things. And again, I think we're going to see it get flushed out a lot more over the weeks to come. Sure. So are there any areas where you think things have become a little more easy for the companies or the rules have become much more, little more clear? Yeah, I think that, yeah. And again, you know, it's not to say the AG didn't, I think they took into consideration some of the issues and they realized where there were gaps and they tried to fill those. For example, one of the things I noticed was that I think draft regs do, do describe when an opt-out request needs to be complied with in terms of timing. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it was, I think it was a little bit shorter than the deletion and our right to access request, but it did that. And then the other thing I had noticed was, you know, going back to that just-in-time notice, and actually this was a big thing that came out. Going back to the just-in-time notice, the way the CCPA was originally written, it wasn't clear how a business that 
doesn't maintain or doesn't collect information directly from consumers, how they're going to provide that just-in-time notice. Like, how will they give the consumer notice um, before or at the point of collection when they don't have a direct relationship with that consumer? And so the draft regulations did come out and clarify that, look, if you're, if you don't have, if you're not collecting from personal information directly from consumers, you do not need to provide that just-in-time notice. However, it did then throw a curveball and said, you know, but if you're selling the personal information, then you do need to provide consumers with certain notice or you need to get your or you need to get the source provider to make an to provide a signed attestation that they provided the notice and also get a copy of the notice. So, while I think that, you know, it was right for the AG to clarify that look, these just-in-time notices do not have to be provided by the businesses that don't have a direct relationship. I think the additional requirements that have been stacked on, especially with respect to the signed attestation, kind of creates its own compliance burdens that businesses will need to figure out. So, there, so yes, there was some clarity, and you know, I think certain things have been clarified. But I, but again, I think generally, businesses are still going to find it difficult to comply. So, given the above ambiguities, and what would be your advice to the firms? What is the best way they can make the best use of the proposed law? So, you know, I think I would say that we've come just here at Tramon, we've come such a long way in terms of you know trying to figure out how to resolve the ambiguities in the CCPA. And one of the best approaches, I think, that we have found is really looking back to the history of piracy in the United States. And once you begin to understand, you know, where these piracy laws come from and the foundation of it, I think you can start to look to other sources for guidance. So what I mean by that is a lot, most of the privacy laws in the United States and, you know, and internationally are based on what's called the fair information practice principles. And these fair information practice principles, they're really the foundation for the privacy laws and they describe how businesses need to handle, store, uh, handle storage and manage the personal information that they collect. And so I think there's really generally like four buckets that these guidelines touch on, and it's things like providing consumers with notice, a meaningful choice, and consent over how their information is being used. Another one would be making sure that businesses are limiting their use of the information to the purposes described in their notice. Another bucket would be making sure that you're using information in a manner that is secure and in a manner that is fair. And then the last one is really touches on making sure that businesses are complying and monitoring their own, their own compliance with their the privacy policies and their privacy notice. And so if you think about those, those fair information practice principles, they, they are the foundation for most of the privacy laws in the U.S. Um, and internationally. And because all of these laws think, share this foundation, I don't think it would be wrong, and I actually think businesses would be doing themselves a disfavor if they didn't look to see how other privacy laws were being, have been interpreted and enforced in the past. And because I think a lot of businesses right now, they're struggling with the CCPA because they're just looking at the CCPA and they're saying, look, we don't have any guidance. You know, even with, I think that's even true now that the draft regulations have been released because there's still a lot of ambiguities. But I think what business can do is, you know, if you're struggling with a particular obligation, check to see what the GLBA is. Is there a similar requirement under the GLBA? Uh, is there a similar requirement under the FCRA? Um, does the HIPAA say does HIPAA say something um, relating to that? And look to see how those laws have been interpreted um, and how they've been enforced. And perhaps that can shed some guidance on what you need to do under the CCPA. And you know, again, I say that is because they have the same. You know, the the goal I think at the end for these privacy laws are pretty much the same. It's to treat 
to give consumers to treat that information in a manner that is fair, in a manner that is secure and respecting consumers' privacy. So look to these other laws. Even though, you know, we always, we all talk about the CCP and GDPR together, but I think for the most part, you know, we've decided that the CCPA is not a mini GDPR, but you can still look to the GDPR because there are some similar concepts between the two. Look to the enforcement actions that come out of the GDPR and see what's going on there. Because I think it's fair to say that, you know, the regulators here, the drafters of the CCPA were at least influenced by what was happening in the EU. So I think that would be really has been, that's been our approach to tackling some of the more ambiguity, ambiguous issues. And I think it's actually gotten us pretty far, at least definitely much farther than where we were when we first started off with the CCPA. Sadi also, so if I'm a company XYZ and I have a third party vendor who is based out of California, so uh, do I need to ensure that my vendor is also CCPA compliant? There are certain, you why, when you say vendor, I think there is a concept of a service provider under the CCPA. And I think there are certain, there are certain requirements that you'll want to include in your service provider contract because as your service provider, they're going to need to assist you. Um, let's say if a consumer submitted a request, you're going to want to make sure that your service provider is going to help you comply with your own request under the CCPA. So generally, I would say, yes, you know, it would definitely be recommended businesses need to make sure that their service providers, they're working with their service providers to make sure that they're going to, they're going to be able to meet their own compliance obligations under the CCPA. Okay. Thanks a lot, Sadia, for sharing your thoughts on the ambiguities of CCPA and how organizations can best solve the entire issue. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to Sadia Mirza for ISM Janesha. This is Supernagoswami. Thank you for listening.